Okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to continue with the, the message that started uh, last Wednesday. I titled it, The Good Eye. The Good Eye. But uh, I made you to stand, around, stand up and talk to one another while I, while I cheat. So get, <laughs> I get to the scripture I really want, okay? <laughs> okay, that's good. Maybe we should do this more. Gives me some time. All right. Um, I want to start with... Um, John chapter 14, verse 21. John chapter 14. Now, please remember this. Every time you hear the word command, commandment, especially in the New Testament, what Jesus is really referring to is his words. Everything that comes out of his mouth, if you accept it, that's what he's asking of you. That's what he's saying you are. Le Sunday, I said very clearly here, showing from the word of God, God's commandment to you is what you are. If God tells you to do something, he's already empowered you to do it. And don't tell him you have the power, you personally do have the power. And I showed it here on Sunday from the scriptures. Jesus said, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. No one takes my life from me. I willingly lay down my life. This command I have received from my father. Therefore, the father loves me because I am willing to lay down my life. That command is what gave him the power to be able to lay down his life and to pick it up again, to take the life up again. So Jesus said, destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. So we have to understand that. Now, in the scripture I just, uh, I, I just referred to here, in verse 21 it says, He who has my commandments and keeps them. In other words, if you know his words, And you keep them. A lot of people don't have his words. It's like something that you need to have for yourself. So you may hear and not really hear. You may hear and listen to it, but really don't understand it. But until you understand it, it's not yet yours. So if you have his commandments and you keep his commandments, Then it says in this word here, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. So if you want God, now God loves everybody, right? But this, we're not talking about this, that kind of love for everybody. This is directed straight to the one in whom the word of God dwells. That's very important. The word of God is already in you. It has to be in you and you have kept it to yourself. And once you do that, 
the father notices that his word is dwelling in you and there is that special love comes with power. Okay? <laughs> it comes with a lot of power. It says, the father will love you, love him, and manifest, and I will manifest myself to him. In other words, he is going to show himself to you. What does that mean? What does it mean to manifest himself to you? What that means is you will see him at work in your life. Until that happens, you, ne- you still go to church, shake the preacher's hands, worship God, but you don't see no manifestation of himself in you. It, it, it requires you listening to the word and understanding the word, keeping the word to yourself for this, for him to manifest himself to you. Now in chapter 17, John 17, verse 6, we go, remember he says, who, he who has my commandments and keeps my commandments, or when we think, when we hear that, we are thinking about we have to struggle to do what he said. That's not what we're talking about. Because I said, if Jesus said to you, go and sin no more, that command came with the power to go and sin no more, according to what he said. And God is not a respecter of persons. And guess who said those words, according to the message on Sunday? When God, Jesus said those words to us, guess who was saying it? The Father. He says, I don't say my own words. Everything you hear coming out of my mouth came directly from the Father that dwells in me. So when Jesus tells us here about manifesting himself, that's what he's talking about. You know, we do a lot of things to make God manifest himself for us. Sometimes we do strange things. We think if we would just cry and beg God, then he will manifest. He'll feel sorry for you, but you don't have the word in your heart. You're not keeping that. He said nothing about that. We have to have the word in our heart. You know why? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. If you're not keeping the word, you don't understand the word, you, you can't, he can't help you. Listen to what I said. He cannot help you. He said, I thought, God, I thought I heard God can do all, all things. Well, God cannot sin. So you got to have his word. Now listen, in verse uh, 6, it says, I have manifested your name. To the man to whom, uh, uh, whom you have given to me out of the world. So what is he talking about? Didn't they see all the miracles, right? They were right by him. He manifested the name before them. At one stage, he actually sent them out in his name to manifest that name. So Jesus was speaking to his father, telling his father, look. I manifested the name before them. They saw the glory. The power of the name. I have manifested in verse 6. I have manifested your name to the man whom you have given to me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have what now? 
they have kept the word. They have kept the word. That's what makes the difference between one Christian and another Christian. Some don't care. There is no hunger for the word. They don't go to church. They don't care. They stay home. There is no hunger there. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness. How do we receive righteousness? Through the word. If you don't have that hunger for the word, you must not have hunger for righteousness. But I love righteousness because the righteous is bold like the lion. That's what he says. God loves the righteous and surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. That's what the scripture says. And Jesus tells us, if you cannot keep the word, the reason is because you didn't understand the word. You didn't. Remember what he said in in Matthew chapter 13? He says, everyone who hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, before long, the enemy comes, Satan comes to steal the word from within and it doesn't bear fruit. You can't keep it if you don't understand it. So Jesus said, if you don't understand, Satan is just going to take the word away from you. That's the seed by the wayside. And so what is Satan after in your life? The word. That's what he wants to get out of you. If you hear a message and you don't understand the message, and you say, well... Uh, I know uh, I, that's true, but as soon as you say that, he knows you don't understand it, you didn't understand it, because if you did, you won't use the word but. And so now the word is out of your life, because every time you hear the word, God is sowing into your life for a harvest. So he says, when Satan takes the word out of your heart, then there is no harvest, no fruit. So hearing the word is what is important. That's what separates one Christian from the other. It's on the word of God. That's what Jesus came to give to us. His word. But we have to have good eyes to receive that word. Because it says, their eyes, they have closed. The same chapter, chapter 13. He said, their ears are dull of hearing. The eyes, they have closed. And I said, if you can close your eyes, you can open your eyes. It's up to you. If you desire it, you can open your eyes. I'm I'm thankful the scripture doesn't say, God closed their eyes. They closed their eyes. And so they can't understand the word. He says, lest they should see with their eyes, or hear with their ear, and understand with their heart, and Turn and I shall heal them. So every time you understand the word, you make a turn. In other words, you position yourself and God doesn't have a choice. He'll bless you. He's got to bless you. You remember the woman that was saying to Jesus, heal my daughter. She's sick, but she was a foreigner. And Jesus was sent to the children of Israel. And Jesus said, you don't take the children's bread and, and give it to dogs. And, and the woman, in her faith, she says, no, I'm going to get this stuff from you, no matter what you say. 
And she said, look, doves eat from the crumbs. And Jesus said, great is your faith. Once the word is in you and you got faith, he can't say no. He's got to do it. So he healed the woman's, woman's son. And with the centurion, remember when the centurion made it very clear. All you have to say, I know who you are. Speak those words. You know that? Just He understood it. I'm not a Jew, but I know who I'm dealing with. I'm a Roman. I understand the way this thing works. It's the word. You speak those words. You are God and my servant. And Jesus said, in fact, the Bible says Jesus marveled. Can you imagine a Gentile's faith surprised Jesus? And Jesus said, look, I've never seen it in Israel. That's from Abraham all the way down. Amen? And Jesus immediately began to say to them, many will come from, the, from without Israel, outside of Israel. You know, Peter didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Many will come. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. That some of the Jews are going to be out. And these foreigners will come. And they'll sit with the father on the table. And Peter didn't understand what he was saying. None of them knew what he was talking about. But that man's faith pulled it out of Jesus. Later Peter understood. You remember? I know why I know he didn't understand. In, John, in Acts chapter 10. And God was telling him to go to Cornelius' home. He's saying, you know, a Jew doesn't visit. You remember that? He made a big deal out of it. But Jesus already said it way back then. He didn't listen. He heard it. You see how you can hear and not hear? That happened to Peter also. Happened to all of us. But if we are willing, God can make this thing true. Now listen to this. In Matthew chapter 13 verse 16, it says, But blessed are your eyes, for they see. Can you put your hand over your eyes tonight? Do this please. Say, my eyes are blessed. I can see. My ears are blessed. I can hear. That's what Jesus said. Blessed are your eyes for they can see. That means you have a good eye. So you can see. Because not everybody can see. According to the word of God. Not everybody can hear. According to the word of God. For assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Can you imagine that? If we really know that, that there were people like Isaiah the prophet wished instead of being the prophet that wrote the book, Wished in his heart that he lived in your time? You will say, wow, Isaiah the prophet wants to take my place? I'll take your place. No. The least in the kingdom of God today is greater. One day God will give us understanding. They wanted to hear what we hear. Because what we hear transforms our lives. These things change us. It's the word of God that changes everything. Listen. In Matthew 6, verse 22, he says, The lamp of the body is the eye. The lamp of the body is the eye. 
Once you close your eyes, everything seems dark. That's the way it is. This is revelation. This was a saying in the days of Jesus. That's what the people understood. It's like the lamp of the body is, is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, or if therefore your eye is single, the same translation, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. You can have both. You can never either have a bad eye or a good eye. If your eye is bad, you are in darkness. Jesus said, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is the danger for people who go to church. The real danger. And the worldly people can see it. And, and, and the name, they call us all kinds of names. You know the word, have you heard the word hypocrite? <laughs> I hate that word. Usually they say, I don't want to go to church. There are a lot of hypocrites in the church. I said, do you know one? No, I just know that there are a lot of hypocrites in church, right? Then why don't you join the company, okay? <laughs> you come and you'll be one of them. Because uh-huh, somebody's going to be looking at your life. But the way I see the church is different. That's the one with the good eye. Because the church is a hospital. We're not saying we're better than them. We're saying we recognize we're sick. And we're going to Master Jesus, who is the doctor, Dr. Jesus to heal us. We don't care about, you're sick, you're as sick as I am. If you want to stay out and die with your sickness, that's your problem. But I'm going to doctor. And you out there, you are sick, dying. And you say, look at him. He's going to doctor for help. But I don't need a doctor. Well, you're going to die. That's the way I see it. We go to church because we need, our, we need Dr. Jesus to heal us. Everyone is a sinner. I just recognize I need him. I need the Savior. If you don't, that's different. But while we are in the church... Have you ever seen, and I've said this here many times, and I've seen people come here, and they, are mad, they get very mad, and they want me, I know you don't know this, but they want me to discipline whatever, in whatever way somebody that they're considering, uh, they consider he's not walking right with God. And I'm thinking, you're not thinking. You're not thinking. You want me to rebuke them and do whatever you want me to do to them, we are all trying to get better. It's from grace to grace. You should have compassion and pray for them instead of getting angry because they are not living up to But I know if I come, if that same attitude you have, if I get close to you, I'll probably find out a whole lot of anger in your life and a lot of problems that no one sees except maybe your wife. You just look good in church. But we know what you are like at home. We just ask your children and your wife and they'll spill it out. <laughs> just because you have that attitude tells me you don't have a good eye. Because Jesus never condemned them. Not when they came to him. 
You don't have a good eye. You just think. That's where this scripture comes. If the light that you have in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Because you're claiming you have light. And Jesus was talking to both the, all of the Jews, including the Pharisees, that believed they had it together. But they were in darkness. And Jesus made it very clear in John chapter 9. He said, but now you say you see, therefore your sin remains. If you were blind, then you will see. If you acknowledge, I need God's help because I understand the scriptures, then my life is going to be transformed. You will have light. God will give you the good eye. Just like the man's man's eyes that were opened, the one that was born from the blind. Now he could see. But the ones that had eyes that could see, they were blind according to Jesus. So the good eye is very important to see things the way God sees it. Not the way man sees it. People want to see things the way men see it. You get praise from men. But Jesus said, woe to you if all you want is praise from men. Because doing that, you have to do everything they want you to do. Just to please them. But many times God wants you to say and do things that are contrary to what men want to hear. And that's why we see Jesus. He's saying things that is making them angry. They want to stone him. But he never quits saying the same things. Have you noticed that in the scripture? Because he was listening to his father and he wouldn't, he could care less what people thought. And that's where we should go with God. The lamp of the body is the eye. And God is the one that gives light through your eye. And he's not talking about the physical eye. We're talking about your spiritual eye, that you are able to see things. That's why we should be concerned about our eyes. Notice what the scripture says, John chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life. And the life was what? The light of man. In him was light, and the light were the life was the life of God, the life was the light of man. So we need light from the life of God. But if your eye is bad, you cannot have the life of God, and so you can have the light of God. The lamp of the body is the eye. In him, and that's in Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You know, when I read the scripture, I used to think about it, and it's it's the truth. The light, he's talking about the light from Jesus, right? But where is the light now? It's the light of man, right? It is the light that lights every man that comes into the world. The life was the light of man. And that light, if it lights your life, the light in you, the darkness doesn't understand. Can you get it? His life was the light of man, right? So life transferred to life 
in men. Right? So where is the light? In men. Right? Read the scripture. And the light shines in darkness, but it's the life to light in man, right? And that light in man, you are the light of the world. You heard that scripture? You heard that scripture? You are the light of the world. We're not talking about just this little light of mine. Okay? You are the light of the world. If it's this little light of mine, you can't light the corner around. You can light not even a little room. If this little light, this is the light of the world. It's the life of God. And the life of God is in you because you had good eyes. Are we, getting, are we together? You got good eyes. This is why it's called the gospel. There's so much power that dwells in us. We hardly, rec- we don't really realize what God is giving to us. I pray that God, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself as well. I really need my eyes open. I need God to put that uh, eyes up so I can really see the things that God has made available to us. You know, in John chapter 6, verse 63, he says, the, the, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits. Can you say the word from, with me? The flesh profits nothing. You can't get anything that will sustain your life out of the flesh, no matter how hard you try. It's the spirit that gives life. And that life is the light of man that gives you understanding from the word of God so that you can position yourself and God will have to do a work in your life. Change you. He has no choice. Once you turn, he, Jesus said, and I will, I will have to heal them. I will have to heal them. Because God is not a respecter of person. If you don't turn, he, he's, he wants to heal you, but he can't because he is tied to his word. Otherwise, he will be unrighteous. If he doesn't keep his word. So God will not be unrighteous just because you're crying. Be unrighteous to his word. He'll have pity on you, but he's not going to be unrighteous. You probably got yourself into that trouble anyway. Now, but God says, I'll get you out of it if you, if you turn. I'll deliver you. It is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. And then he turns it. The words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and life. So if you don't understand the word, Jesus said, how is it that you don't understand the word? That's because you don't belong to the Father. If you understand the word, that your eyes were blessed. Blessed are your eyes because they see. But you see, I'm looking at everybody here. If you are a believer, you can really see. Why don't you clean it? Because he said so. Right? Remember what I said? If God says it to you, that's who you are. This commandment have I received from my father. The father said, lay down your life, pick it up again, and I received that. And now I have the power. And many times we want to say, well, that's Jesus. He could say that. Well, he came as a man. 
just like us. It will be unrighteous for God to demand <laughs> uh, from us if Jesus came in his power from heaven, the same things that Jesus did. But he, when we talk on Sunday about this, Jesus said, the works that I do, those who believe in me will do also. And greater works than this, they'll do. And if you are not like him, how could you do anything near what he did? Well, will he lie? He told us the truth, right? So the spirit of man is the lamp of God. Amen? The spirit of man is the lamp of God, searching all the inner depths of the heart. So the spirit of man is the lamp of God. Now listen. Deep calls out to deep. You know that scripture before? And two cannot walk together except they be in agreement. If your spirit is dark, and God's spirit is light, we, you're not going to walk with him. He can't do anything with you. You have a bad eye. You know, when God searches the heart, it's not for condemnation, it's to make things right. To make it look just like him. Amen? He searches the depths of the heart. He's removing everything that doesn't look like him. He's not coming to condemn. He's coming to make everything right. Your spirit is the light that he sees as he goes into your heart to fix everything. Because we can't fix ourselves. He tells us in John chapter 15, without me, you can what? You can do nothing. What's the meaning of nothing? Uh, Don't get too spiritual with me. It means nothing. Without me, you can do absolutely nothing. And so he comes into you based on his word because you are, you are keeping his word. Now there is light in you. He comes in and he looks and he changes everything in you that does not look like him. So you look exactly like his son. I like what Jesus said in uh, John chapter 17. He said, the glory that you give to me, I have given to them. I said, Jesus, you really mean that? I carry the glory you carry. This is wonderful, right? Yeah, I hear that, but you know, Pastor, I just don't feel. We don't care how you feel. It's what Jesus said, amen? It's what Jesus said. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. The single eye. Your eye is good. What's really important to you in life? If your eye is single, the whole body will be filled with light. The single eye, you have just one purpose. That's the only thing you're living for. For your God. Every other thing in life should support your one purpose in life. That's the service of God. And that's why Jesus said in, in, John, in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, for us to stay focused on one thing. 
Because everything else will be added. All of these things will be added. If you focus just on what God, just one purpose. Many, for most Christians, they serve God, but something else is more important. Job was clear. Don't matter. Take all of that stuff, right? There's only one thing that should matter to the Christian. Your faith. Your God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They could care less. They don't want the king's food. They want to please their God. And if it means dying for it, that's one purpose. That's the single eye. Until your eye is single, because we're going further on this in the scripture from John chapter, I mean Matthew chapter 6, because Jesus later says, you can serve two masters. You can serve two masters. And that's what's happening to the church. People want to serve God when it's convenient. And you can't serve God that way. I think a lot of people have forgotten their eternity. If people think of eternity, they will be in church on Wednesday. I'm very clear in my mind, if God would open our eyes just for a five seconds to see what hell looks like, we won't go, we will be kneeling and praying all the time. And there's the enemy that doesn't want us to think about eternal things. Only the things that are temporal, temporary things, they are more important. And so when your eye is single, blessed a day that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. When you have no hunger for righteousness, something is seriously wrong. You got blind. You got blind. And you don't have light. And the Bible says, if you are blind, you stumble in life. Other things will be more important to you than to God. You will not turn or turn so that God will make your life beautiful. Now, this is what's happened to the world. And it's even happening to the church today. Everyone is, today, I don't know how long it's going to take before Christians start saying things like, well, it doesn't matter. Uh, we believe that gay people will go to heaven as well. It doesn't matter if all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and they think, they're now calling evil good and good evil. That's what the Bible says. Isaiah chapter, let me go to this scripture. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light. Can you get the word light now? Now they put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put the bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's what's happening today. You know, and and it seems today you can't, I mean, just saying to somebody I think that's the wrong thing for somebody to do. They call you a hitter. Have you heard that? You're hit. And that's what's accepted now. Everything is changed. Light is becoming darkness. And then Christians are also compromising. And they think they are being very good people. Because 
I have compassion. They can be whatever they want to be. No, not according to God. Not according to God. Read Romans chapter 1. He says, if you agree with them, you are part of them. A lot of Christians don't understand. The reason why you are feeling like, well, Christians have been too hard. Guess who is after your life? The enemy. I know I was talking to somebody. He destroyed a preacher that was internationally known. He changed his life. His ministry went down. He, never, he knew his ministry was going down. Hundreds, millions of dollars were disappearing from his ministry. Guess what? He couldn't stop it. He went all the way down till he lost everything, including his own house. How did he start? Because he felt, well, the guy is homosexual. What's wrong with that? Everything is life, everything destroyed. A man that was internationally known. You know about T.D. Jakes? If it were not for that man, T.D. Jakes would not be known today. That's how big that is. He was the one that introduced T.D. Jakes to the world. From his ministry. He just thought to himself, I just think this is not right. I, I know the Bible says that. And you can't talk to him. He won't even listen to you. He won't listen to you. He tells he laughs when you tell him what the scripture says. He tells you, I know that scripture. I can quote it back. Okay, I'll tell you what it all says. And he's there. That's the danger of it. If the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? How great is that darkness? That's how serious this is. We have to be real careful. You see, I'm not going to... (laughs) Pastor's work, that's my work for God. (laughs) I want to get to heaven. I'm telling you, that's more important to me. You can curse me out, don't like me, like me. That's not my business. I'm not looking at you. I want to go in. And I don't want to stay by the gates. Okay, you stay by the gates. I want to be close to the master, okay? (laughs) That's just the way life is. You cannot compromise. You see, we need our eyes open. And that's what Paul prayed for. In in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul was praying very... He says, I never cease to pray for you. You know, I made it a habit these days, and I've been doing this, but more deliberately, every single day I pray for our church members, every one of them. I don't know everybody's name, but I pray for everyone that comes here and calls this church. Where's Michael? Yeah. We pray for them every day. I pray for them. I pray for our church members. Uh, Because that's very important. I got to give account to him for those that come in here. And uh, I don't want to be rebuked for anybody. God, I prayed for them. Okay? That's important. Paul prayed for them. He says, I never cease to pray for you. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. That God will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of their understanding, so it's not just the physical eyes, will be enlightened. So they know. So they know the hope of their calling. So they know 
uh, hope is not like I'm thinking, I'm just hoping that is. No, the hope is meaning what God has prepared for you as a saint. I'm going to read First Corinthians chapter 2, beginning from verse 9. That's so important. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. That's the hope we're talking about. The hope we are talking about. That God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that you will know the eyes of your, uh, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so you know the hope of your calling. Look, when God calls somebody, he's not just saying, eh, 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 you there, hey, you there. No. There's a special call, and when he calls you, that's who you are. That's who you are when he calls you. You got all the resources. You are you are equipped to do it. He's there with you when God calls you. So Paul prayed for that. The eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. You know, Paul, James was the one that talked about being a double-minded, <laughs> single eye. That's so important to God. Because the double-minded person is what? Unstable in all his ways. So you got to have a single eye. Amen? Towards God. That's what's most important to you. Every other thing can go. The cars can go. The houses can go. Because God can replace them and multiply them. If you give one away, God says, I'll give you a hundred. Can you handle a hundred? He said, God was telling the minister, he said, uh, I want you to believe me for this. And the minister was really struggling. How can I believe you? It's just too much. And God spoke to this minister and said, now, uh, give me three ways that you think I can do this. And he says, I don't know. God, if God says, I have a million ways I can do the same thing I've told you to do. God can do it for you. We just have to believe God for it. After Jesus said what he has said, he says, you can serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Verse uh, 24 of uh, chapter Matthew chapter 6. No one can serve two masters. That's talking from if the light is in you, be darkness, how great is that darkness? And then he says, after that, he says, no one can serve two masters. You see, when you have a bad eye, you think you can serve both God and serve something else. And it's okay. But Jesus says it's impossible to do it. Because you were a loved one and despise the other one or you will do what one says and just don't do what the other one says. Now, when both of them are saying the same thing, they say asking you to do exactly the same thing, that's easy to serve two masters, okay? When they are telling you to do exactly the same thing. Well, you just do the same thing. But when one is telling you to do one thing and the other one is telling you to do something contrary to what the other one is saying, 
now you have been forced, you are being forced in a place where you have to choose. And for the most part, God will tell you something that the enemy doesn't want you to do. And you have to make a choice. So Jesus says, you cannot serve two masters. Now, serving two masters is contrary to a good eye. The one who has a good eye, that's not part of their life. They will serve just one person, and that's God. To serve God and God alone. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now we go to the crust of the matter. You know what it is? Worry. I don't think a lot of Christians realize how damaging this is. Because worry can help you develop a bad eye. And Jesus warned us seriously about it. There are very few times Jesus really warned us about things. Well, you know the spiritual term that we use most of the time? We don't use the word worry. <laughs> Concerned. I'm very concerned. That's the major problem. You know why we worry? No faith in God. And guess what? Why it's so dangerous? Without faith, you cannot please Him. You worry because you can't trust God to meet that need. To take care of that problem. He's not before your eyes. You don't feel protected. Even though almighty God is living in you. You still feel vulnerable. Afraid. Where is your faith? You heard Jesus say to Peter. When he was thinking. Where is your faith? When it's not there you sink. And guess what? He was already, <laughs> can I use the word, concerned about walking on water. <laughs> walking on water. People don't walk on water. That's where we catch fish. Why did I listen to the carpenter? He, he made me walk on water. He's the son of God. I, I, I shouldn't have listened to him. And guess what? You sink. So Jesus is saying, I don't want you to worry. About anything. Because built into every creature in creation is the ability to take care of himself with God's help. Amen? Everything you need. Before you came, provided. And God said, I want you to trust me so you don't develop a bad eye. Because when you develop a bad eye, guess what? You will start leaning on the arm of flesh. And you trust in chariots. And so you walk away from your God. That's the cross of this whole thing. Having a good eye. Now I'm past my time. Stand up. (laughs) 
the way we make, you know, we do a lot of things to make God manifest. If he's praying for the sick, and I do it too, we think that if we yell and kick and stomp, manifest yourself, Jesus. <laughs> so we scream. The louder you scream, and then after you scream, nothing's happened. You don't have to laugh that hard, Fabian. <laughs> That's not a rebuke. I'm laughing with you because we all do this. How many of you have done that? <laughs> We've all done that. <laughs> and nothing happened. But it's simple. Keep his word, okay? In your heart. And he will manifest himself. Is that not what he said? Keep his word in your heart. And he will manifest. Please, let's raise our hands up to him tonight. And many times people wonder, I don't want to do that. Now, believe me, the Bible tells us, Isaiah 1, when you lift your hands up, God has no choice. He has to look towards you. Basically, what do you want, son? That's what it says. So we lift our hands up to the Lord today. I lift up my hands. I lift up my hands to our God. Paul says to lift up holy hands everywhere, without fear, without doubting. So that God can look towards us with mercy and grace. To multiply grace upon our lives. Through his word. To transform our lives. Father, we thank you. Lord, we have received your words tonight. They are your words. Now they are in us. According to the scriptures. Romans chapter 10. The word is near you. Even in your heart and in your mouth. It is the word of faith that we preach. And it's the word that we've spoken tonight. From your word, O oh God. We have your word in our hearts and in our mouths. And we believe the word. We will keep the words. We keep the words in our hearts. We don't have to go to heaven to bring Christ down to the earth. We don't have to go to the grave to raise him back up from the dead. He is alive forever. But he lives in us. Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Father, we thank you. Every situation in our lives is being transformed right now because we keep your words. We keep your words. We keep your words. We are servants of the Lord. We have good eyes. We have good eyes. We have good ears. We can hear and we do understand and we are positioning ourselves. We are turning so that you heal us. Heal our finances. Heal our emotions. Heal our relationships. Heal our spiritual lives. Draw us closer to you. Thank you, O oh God. We give you praise. Your word cannot return to you void. No way the word returns to you void. Because the word is in our heart. The greater one lives in us. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for loving us so much. We give you praise. We give you praise, O oh God. We give you praise. Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. We welcome your presence here. In our hearts, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are being transformed. We are being transformed from glory to glory. We bless your name. Amen. God bless you. We dismiss. Now you can feel free. Greet one another and love on one another.